0: Suddenly there was a threat to this world, from some other species,
1: from another planet. I was spotting down the fire range for several years, when all of a sudden I saw a large hairy creature walking from right to left. We also know there are known unknowns, that is to say we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown
0: unknowns, the ones we don't know, we don't know. Encounter Brigade. Welcome to the team. We are good to go. Captain Doe, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, Johnny, man. Good to be home. Been been gone on the road for uh about a week and a half. Uh it's New York, uh New Jersey, uh did um, September 11th um anniversary up there. Uh is Kind of neat. Got to go to a West Point football game. Uh, I did not attend West Point. We will get that out in the public. Uh, get that out publicly right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I I earned my I earned my commission through the School of Hard Knocks. OCS. Um, however, uh, you know it, it was still really really neat to be there. Um, obviously, you know there's so many so many uh, great names that have gone through the halls of that uh, military academy. Um, got to reconnect with some, um, some friends, but then, you know what, our, our golfers association, we held a national championship up in the New Jersey area. Um, and then from there, I went to Illinois to, uh, judge, um, uh, a beauty pageant. Uh, I kind of proud to say I'm a master judge for beauty pageants, uh, a master
0: judge for beauty yeah, pageants. You
1: know, when you, when you I didn't com- know
0: this till today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs>
1: When you complete the two-minute online certification course <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like med, med school in the bahamas okay, okay. Check, ch- check the box send in the check graduate
0: <laughs> good to know
1: <clears throat> yeah but but i yeah, man I'm glad to be home and uh you know and johnny um uh you got a surprise for us so go ahead and tell me what's up new with you and what's our surprise
0: yeah, uh I'm sure everybody can see on the screen there is a big box with a circle and it just says Mike. Well, this is my good buddy, Mike Taylor. Say hello Mike.
2: Hey guys, good to be here.
0: Good man. I'm going to uh Mike's having some camera issues. He's uh but you know his volume's working. So we're good to go on that. But uh you know, he's not trying to hide his identity or anything. You know, he's actually actually had been in the newspaper quite a few times and everything. And I told Mike, I said, uh, well, I'm just going to start from the beginning. When was it? Uh, New Year's 2019, right? Was that the first yeah, time we went I out? So.
2: Yeah, I believe so.
0: Well, me and Mike got hooked up uh, through another guy in another state. We both knew this guy. And uh, – he said hey both of y'all live in Georgia why don't you connect so we did and Mike is an adventure athlete he's been all over the world I had him send me a list of all the mountains he climbed and uh I'm only going to give you two of them because as I keep reading I keep getting uh I start feeling smaller and smaller, so I'm only going <laughs> to give you two mountains. <laughs> no, nah, he's climbed Everest. Well, oh, I don't even know how to say these. Uh, what is uh Ak- Af- Akana Kegu? Aconcagua. Aconcagua. Um, you know what, Elbrace? John? Kilimanjaro. Yeah.
1: John, Johnny, look, man. Uh, you're supposed to start with the small ones first and then go to the big one. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: supposed to build the Because
1: yeah. okay. once, once you get you know to the big one, who on cares? <laughs>
0: the easiest one on here is Mount Rainier. Every <laughs> other, All the other ones are... Anyway, he's climbed mountains all over the world. He ran uh, unsupported, non-stop. He does uh, endurance running. What is it, Mike? Unsupported, nonstop through the Gobi Desert.
2: Yeah, I did that uh, in 2019.
0: 2019. You just yeah. got done doing what was it? The rim to rim.
2: Or no, no, that, no.
0: You did you, the Nantahala.
2: Yeah, I did that probably what, maybe three or four months ago. The Nantahala I, okay.
0: Wilderness.
1: I, I thought I, I thought he was like uh, jumping off cliffs. On parachutes in Utah. What?
0: Oh, he just that started was, doing that. He was. That was two weeks ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <That's> like, yeah, <laughs> just two weeks. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh man.
0: But we got hooked up.
1: Uh,
0: <clears throat> go ahead, Mike.
2: I was, not I was trying to get Johnny to uh, join me on some of my climbs, but I I can't get him to do it.
1: So I I, I will ask the unsupported hike through the Gobi desert i mean i mean i don't know if there's a title for that i mean it it, shouldn't it just be called surviving (laughs) the (laughs) Gobi desert
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly
1: i mean i mean come on like oh man that's that's unbelievable and i bet you uh i mean i i i mean i can imagine i mean heck i have adventures just going through airports or even walmart i can't imagine the type of uh cool things you've seen (laughs) along these type of journeys
2: you know in the the Gobi, actually uh it was actually a race across the Gobi desert and uh uh, so i represented the u.s against 40 other countries and some of the villages i hit i was the first outside person they'd ever seen the first non-mongolian they'd ever seen
1: oh so you were like uh Man, you're an oddity. Do they poke sticks yeah. at you? Uh, basically,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! Uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> they did
2: share. They did share their fermented horse milk with me. So.
1: Yeah, dummy. Oh, ate, uh, oh <laughs> man, I don't know, man. Who? Well, it I tastes will, I,
2: exactly how it sounds.
1: Okay, I was gonna say, you know, what what's that what's it taste like, you know?
0: <laughs>
1: uh huh. It delicates is he. Okay.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So me and Mike mm. got hooked up to this guy and come to find out, he Mike Taylor is friends with uh Stacy Brown. You know who stay Bigfoot Stacy had the thermal video mm. down in Florida. Hmm. Anyway, he knows he, he knows him, and he actually didn't you guide him when he came up here, Mike? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. So he he was his guide. You know, Mike's been uh, doing this for a while.
1: So wait, we'll, wait, we'll, we'll wait,
0: get into we'll get into wait, all our stuff later. But so when you say
1: let, yeah, when you say guide, what do you do? Just call you up, and say, "Hey, I want to come up to Georgia and just hike," or well,
2: well no, he was actually uh, on a Sasquatch. Uh, expedition just kind of checking in some of the areas in the chattahoochee the upper chattahoochee mm-hmm. national forest so uh kind of took him into that area
1: okay so he specifically because you know mike and, and and johnny you know i work in you know obviously in the outdoor industry so normally i'm on the phone calling guys like hey we're looking for big bucks big hogs big gator big elk Phone rings and guy calls you up. I'm looking for big squatches.
2: Yeah, actually, I had. Uh, oh. I've been I've been doing this for a while. I've gotcha. I've been I've been looking for a while. Okay. So I, I knew of Stacy and had talked okay. to him before. So yeah.
1: Okay. We were okay. we were so, already
2: acquainted. Yeah.
1: So so obviously the, the 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 common theme of obviously the bigfoot sasquatch topic and you guys kind of sharing territory. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Go all right continue johnny now i understand
0: yeah he's mike's never i hope everybody didn't get the wrong impression mike's not you know a guy that says hey give me some money and i'll take you up here and i know where bigfoot is mike just knows <laughs> literally knows every part of that park of chattahoochee yeah. national forest and all you know a whole bunch of places this Is you know so that's really how we got hooked up and uh you know, we just became friends through our, our interest. And, you know, Mike's just a good guy. And we've had Thank you. fun on our little adventures together. You know, I say little adventures. You know, I'm sure Mike gets extremely bored just doing some of the little things that we do. Like walking 13 miles at night over the mountain. For him, is like, eh, you know, I got to go home and work out now. But, uh, but, Mike, tell us, if you want to, just kind of start. And there's one, Mike's been all over the world, like I said. He's had a lot of different experiences. But one of the coolest stories that you have told me is the one from when you were a kid, from you and your mother and this UFO. Can you start with that for us?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I we brought this up on one of our trips up in the Chattahoochee. When I was in, the, I don't know exactly how old I was, but I, knew, I know I was in the Cub Scouts. So... I must've been eight or nine, maybe. And my mom was a den mother and we were coming back at the time. This was in Doraville, Georgia. And at the time it was a very rural area. Uh, but we were coming back from a den meeting and I remember it was nighttime. And I remember looking out the window of the car and I still remember it. Uh, I, I, I this huge cigar disc-shaped object, maybe a, what? No more than a thousand foot in the sky. Uh, and I remember telling my mom, I said, "Mom, look at that weird airplane." And I remember my mom looking out, and her exact words were, "Oh my God, that's not an airplane." And started crying, basically started panicking. And this this thing, I would say probably if you were to set like a cruise ship up in the sky, that's how big it was. Whoa. And uh, I remember her panicking. I also remember other cars pulled over. And I remember people getting out and just staring at this thing. I remember us panicking. My mom, I was in the floorboard crying. We got home and I remember her coming around, jerking me out of the car. And we were literally stumbling and falling, trying to get in the house. Uh, So it was a very traumatic experience (laughs) for us, but it was either the next day or a couple of days later. I can't remember. There was an article in the paper and there was a, a sketch of this thing that somebody had drawn, and it was what we had seen. Uh, and that basically is that story. We never did find out anymore, but I, I do know it was huge. It was cigar, kind of a cigar disc shape, had like yellow and uh, amber and red, just these incandescent lights just going around this thing. I do remember that. And I know this sounds crazy, but I swear I remember seeing shadows in those where the lights were like these big giant windows. Ooh. But, uh, it was huge. Uh, and, uh, that was that story it uh, it is we talked about it for years after afterwards and then uh, now if you fast forward probably to uh maybe 10 or 15 years ago maybe 20 miles from where i live now i was coming home at night about 12 o'clock visiting some friends and in the middle of a pasture, I see this huge, probably the size of a beach ball, orange glowing ball floating probably fifty foot in the air.
0: It it I, I missed that Mike. You skipped a little bit. How how oh, far that, off the ground was it?
2: Maybe fifty feet off the ground. And it was just it was just undulating like an orange it didn't put out a bright light it you know but it was just sitting there completely silent i actually got out pulled over got out of my car and was looking at this thing trying to figure out what it was and i may have watched it for and i was probably 100 feet away
0: good lord
2: and yeah. uh just looking at it, trying to wrap my mind around it and Wow. Maybe after twenty seconds, this thing, without making any noise, shot. I watched it disappear in the blink of an eye, shoot straight up into outer space and disappear.
0: That's crazy, man.
2: That man. that was crazy.
0: Wow. So what uh, was it? Didn't you say that this sighting? Will you give the town again and the? Do you remember the year? You said it was Thorville. You know,
2: it was Dorville, Georgia, which is a little suburb of Atlanta now, but I, you know, I haven't really took the time to really track down the exact year, uh, I know I was in the Cub Scouts, and so I was, I was probably, I don't know, nine or ten years old, uh, but I don't know the exact, yeah, I would like to maybe, if I maybe did a little more research, I, could, I would, could possibly even find that newspaper article.
0: Yeah, I remember you telling me about that, and that's, that's the coolest part of it, is you've got, uh, I mean, it's cool all together, all the way around. But when you have other people, you know, seeing the same thing, you know, it really, really drives it home that it's real, you know yeah
2: that's one of the things i really kind of i remember it kind of like everything started you know when you see something like that it kind of goes in slow motion and i remember passing these cars pulled over and i could just i remember seeing the looks on some of these people's faces that were just kind of with their mouths open staring up at this thing
0: wow so what did you think about the uh the ball the orb in the field
2: You know, I have no idea what that was. That was, you know, that uh, really, it still boggles my mind. But then, you know, years later, you know, you hear about people seeing these orange balls now. Right. And so every time I hear a story like that, I'm going, wow, I I saw one of those. You know.
0: Well, what's crazy is when me and Mike first, the first night, we'll, we'll get into all that later on. But the first couple of times we hung out. You know, it was all about sasquatch and trying to find out if it was real and blah 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 but the more we started talking you know when you meet people you don't really you don't know how much to divulge you know or whether you can trust individuals or whatever but you know the more me and mike started talking the more you know we had we had some experiences in common you know and you kind of you kind of hold back a little bit because you're not sure what the other person is going to think about it but you know i know I've seen the orange ball light myself. And, uh, I mean, it was crazy. It was, it was literally one of the most life changing events in my, my life personally. It changed my entire perspective on life and we'll get to all that later on. But, you know, that's, that's how me and Mike, you know, started hitting it off. You know, we kind of got the same, had some of the same experiences and some of the same beliefs on that. Now, Mike, haven't you, uh. I remember you telling me about some other stories too, about you seeing lights on some of your jogs and stuff, you? or jogs. If it was my story, it would be a jog. <laughs> <laughs> or one of your runs.
2: You know, I, I I have seen, and on some of my multi-day runs, like uh, when I did the uh, when I ran the Georgia section of the Appalachian Trail, I remember. Uh, during the night time, I remember looking over, it was probably, I don't know, 12 or one o'clock at night, and I remember looking, I remember it was to my right, I seen a, I don't know, it was was just a a ball of uh, of light, uh, maybe 50 yards inside the tree line uh, from the trail, And it just followed me. At first, I said, well, maybe that's a star or or maybe it's another headlamp. But there is no, first of all, it's it's one o'clock in the morning. Second, there is no trail over there. And this thing just kind of weaved in and out of the trees and followed me. Plus, I'm running and it followed me for maybe, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes or so. And it that's just kind of stayed the same distance. And it was maybe 20 foot off the ground, you know?
0: What's the closest uh, it ever got to you?
2: Uh, probably, I would say probably, probably 50 yards was, was probably, probably. Oh, the I didn't realize
1: it was that close. Man, that's danger close. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, huh?
2: size, yeah, if I had to say size wise, I would say probably maybe a softball.
1: Mm.
2: softball size. Wow. But uh, And like I said, I don't know what it was, but it just... And I really didn't think anything, orbs or anything like that, you know, until, you know, later I started hearing these stories about orbs, and I'm going, wow, maybe that's what I saw.
0: Yeah, I was in the same boat, Mike. I didn't even... I'd never even heard the word orb that I remember before seeing mine it's like
2: you know you try to rationalize those things too you know you even ask yourself when you see something like that like that orange ball you say did i really see that
0: i know pretty crazy man man you know uh, what just for just for fun mike you got to tell the story about the 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 tent and the bear
2: well, this actually, uh, this actually happened with Stacy Brown.
0: Uh, <laughs> Did it really? I don't know if
2: you knew, yeah, I don't know if you knew, knew that. I didn't know
0: it happened with him.
2: But we were in separate tents, uh, and I was quite a ways from the rest of them. I had my tent set up, and we had just been out all night with, you know, thermals and all that, and... Uh, so they went to bed, and uh, I went and crawled in my tent. I was so tired I didn't zip up my tent or anything. I think this was in May. Uh, anyway, I wake up the next morning, and a bear, a black bear, is in my tent. So, needless, This is a two-man tent. Uh, a full-grown bear is in my tent with me, licking me. That's how I woke up, is licking me on the forehead.
0: Oh, my God.
2: So I wake up. Uh, I let out a scream, uh, and me and the bear both nearly tore the tent apart trying to uh, get out of the tent.
0: Uh, I bet but you But anyway,
2: Stacey and him had a good time with that for I'm, the rest of the day. I bet.
0: <laughs> now, did you have another event that it wasn't so funny? Actually, let me let me let me back up. Um. And uh, just so everybody knows, I'm not trying to interrupt Mike. Him and I talk, kind of talked about it before and basically just going to bring up stories of his that I remember. Just, just kind of keep it going. But will you go – kind of go back to what got you interested in Sasquatch?
2: You know, I think – I think I first like probably everybody. I don't know if you remember there was the the Patty film the, uh what Leonard Nimoy. Do you remember in search of
1: in, in search, search of. of. Yep. Yeah.
2: Seeing that you know when I was younger, uh, you know that kind of was really cool to me, and uh, then I just went you know from there, just got interested in the subject, and you know just went out on a couple of. You know, searches myself and uh, and I tell you, probably you know I really never. There's, I've had things happen that I, I just tried to explain away. Like I've in the middle of the day with no wind, I've I've had full-grown tree, you know, like huge trees just fall over. You yeah. Know? So I'm going now. I'm thinking, you know, maybe that was <laughs> a tree being pushed over. But I have at night during some of my nighttime runs i've and I didn't know this at the time exactly, but i've I've distinctly stopped because I've heard in the woods at night as I've run by like wood on wood knocking on on a tree and i I've been stopped in my tracks by that, but not really knowing you know until a year you know till later that. Hey, now I know that may have been a Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, it, the wood
0: Were these wood knocks like aggressive? Like no, loud it was like, uh, close, they were what?
2: loud, but uh, probably the one I remember, I think this was probably at three o'clock in the morning. And I was from the nearest roads, I was, I think, eight or nine miles from the nearest road. Uh, And nobody was in there because I I hadn't passed anybody during the night. And even past that, I never passed anybody. So I'm thinking when I heard this, the wood knock I'm thinking of, it was probably maybe a few hundred yards, maybe a few hundred yards in the woods. But it was, uh, I think I heard, it was either two or three, you know, just very distinct loud knocks wood on wood
1: yeah that's
0: yeah it's pretty uh, once you've realized what it is it becomes pretty unmistakable you know especially after you hear it a couple times it's pretty obvious didn't you have another actually tell the story of uh you guys got to remember i spent a lot of time with mike out around a campfire so i've heard these so i'm like a little kid trying to get them to tell me the story tell me the story <laughs> but the the one about the property behind or was it a church behind well, you, where you, know, you live now
2: yeah actually I'm I'm looking out my kitchen window staring right at where this happened so I'm actually looking at it right now
0: yeah tell uh, that story man that was pretty neat
2: I was probably 20 maybe 25 years old and uh there was a big up in this area up in north georgia here at, <clears throat> where i live now uh there's a little white church uh maybe two or three hundred yards away and the pastor and his family lived at the bottom in the bottom floor of this church well uh News travels fast, and uh, some of the neighbors. Cause I was at my aunt who lives three miles from here. I was at this is before I even lived here. This is before. This is when there was nothing but woods here, not my house. But what happened? The pastor and his wife called the police, the sheriff, saying that there was two big gorillas and a small gorilla. In their backyard in the woods and it was terrifying them that night so come to find out uh, the police came and then I think if I remember correctly some of the people who live around here say the state troopers showed up and some DNR people showed up Uh, but they that was pretty much the the story I got but anyway (laughs) I found out Years later the piece of property that this happened on came up for sale and I bought it and that's where I built my house now on that on that piece of property.
0: Now there are very there's a lot of Sasquatch researchers enthusiasts, but there aren't too many people like you and me that buy property just because it has Sasquatch on it. (laughs) You know, That's I was going to... bought my hunting property. is because uh, I, found well, I, I, found
1: I a actually a in the middle of the swamp. I actually
2: got a good deal. I mean, it wasn't because because sure. I, I imagine those are...
1: Sure, I imagine works. they're long
2: gone.
1: I was going to say, you guys have the same realtor or something because... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who does that, you know?
0: What about... uh, And I've told this one before or... Yeah, I think I've told it in the group that I started. uh. I don't think I used your name. I'm not sure. Tell us about the dispatcher that you knew out your way, the story he told you.
2: Yeah. Uh, buddy. I won't use his last name. Uh good buddy of mine named Randy uh, lives. I'm on the Dawsonville uh, border, Lumpkin Hall. I'm in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. And he's a dispatcher. He was a dispatcher for a while for Dawson County Sheriff. And we were out to eat one night, and he said that, uh, now he's not into Sasquatch. We don't ever even talk about it. But he brought up one of his calls one evening at dinner saying that some farmers uh, in Dawson County, in this very rural mountainous area, were uh, they got some calls that their, I think it was a, a horse of theirs had been the head had been completely ripped off of it. What? And uh, they never did. That's all I heard. But there's only, I mean, I only know of a couple of things that can do that, you know, rip the head off. It was ripped off. It, You know, I mean, there is either a mountain lion, which there's not supposed to be any in this area, but I think they are. or Who knows? It could have been a Sasquatch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there's the only way you're going to tear a head off a horse is, like you said, a mountain lion or if a pack of coyotes. I don't even see coyotes taking down a horse like that unless it's pinned in or something. But to remove the head from a horse, they would either have enough time to all chew on it and then separate it, or it would have to be something because a mountain lion is not going to do that. A mountain well, lion is going to need think, some more time. I mean, he yeah, could do think, it, but he would need a substantial amount of time to chew the head off, you know. Well, I, mean? I think
2: that had, that had what had stumped the law the uh, law enforcement was that it didn't appear to be chewed off. I mean, they used the term ripped off, mm. you know. So I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of you know in this area over the, over the course of, of the years. I mean, there's been several several sightings in this, you know, vicinity, over the years.
0: Well, that's why so. I, I go up towards him, and we go that way is because that part of North Georgia is just packed with sightings. You know, so, so. all over the place, and uh, I'm jealous. If if let's see how far away do do you live from me? What is it, about an hour and a half, something like that? Yeah, Almost. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we go even further than that. But if I live closer to Mike, we'd be out there all the time because the place oh, is. Yeah. It. And, and you were, weren't you telling me on a run the other day? And actually, Sherry Murray, let me read this question real quick. Uh, question for you guys Is there anything that could sound like a tree knock? I was outside on my back porch. And heard one knot. Next morning, same thing, just different area. I really would like to debunk this if possible. The only way I know is you just kind of have to use judgment on where it came from and what could possibly be back there. Yeah. You know, is it, are there houses back there, Sherry? Are there, are they doing any kind of work, any kind of construction? Is somebody building a fence? You know, but from what I've heard, if it's close, it sounds like a uh, a baseball bat hitting a telephone pole. But it's not – it's still loud when it's further away, but it's pretty obviously a, a knock. So that's really – I guess we'd have to have more information. But, Mike, weren't you saying that the other day you had something like that happen?
2: Yeah, you know, I – I live close to Dawson forest, uh, a place I train a lot running. It's got like, I think 30 miles of trails. So I'm in there a lot and I've been training in there for two or three times a week for 15 years and have never had anything remotely make me think, Hey, there's a Sasquatch in here. That's why, <laughs> you know, we have never even gone there. I've never even searched in that area, right. but, uh, I was running, when was it last week? I yeah, think I think it was I, last I week. A, yeah, and I was on one of the service roads, just come off the trail. I was the only one in there, uh, and heard uh, two, maybe three. I mean, really loud and and close wood knocks, and it was on. It also bordered a a, a, a power, one high power easement.
0: Yeah, big power uh, line.
2: Yeah, kind of way back there. Uh, So so I don't know, you know, that was the first time I'd ever seen it, you know, heard anything in there that made me go, whoa, that's uh, that sounded like a wood knock. Yeah. So I was thinking, I've told you, I said, well, maybe they use those power line, you know, easements to travel. And that is maybe, that
0: is a very common speculation
2: yeah and fact, maybe, there's a uh, lot of
0: fights good
2: maybe it was traveling that and it was just kind of uh waiting out the daytime hours in the woods there close by and i kind of uh, disturbed it maybe that was a kind of a warning to maybe maybe that's, there's more than one back right there
1: that's yeah. when i'm uh you know the uh, sherry who posed the question just uh a little bit ago,
0: I said her uh, name wrong. It's uh, Sheila.
1: Sheila is it? She Sherry Murray had the question though, the one about the wood knock.
0: I oh, don't no. Hold on. There's two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. My bad. Yeah. I got Sheila and Sherry mixed up.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I, I I you know, so I just think about this coming from the mili- military side is just that you know uh, perhaps that's like a sentry, Johnny. You might maybe you can agree with me. They put a scout to watch the house maybe some little ones are out and about doing something or something about yeah. the proper property there that, you, um, that they like, or I don't know, maybe there's, um, but yeah, you know what, if you, you know, you step out on your porch, and all sudden you're, you know, I mean, obviously that's like, Hey, you know, they're outside, look out or, um, yeah. that that's, that's my, that's my logic to it. You know, well, me, and, me uh, um, and
0: Mike experienced this together. the, very first day him and i met up okay and i had never been out to this place before and it's a real popular area there's a lot of researchers from georgia that go there but and i didn't know anything about it because i'm not really in north georgia like i said it takes me i think it takes almost or around three hours to get up there but uh anyway so he takes me into place and we check out a couple areas and he's like hey i've found this really cool spot out here we want to check out and you get out and park and you only walk three or four minutes down this road that's closed off and then you come into a food plot area and uh oh i'm glad i'm thinking of this because i pro- i still have the video and now i got the programs anyway so there's a food plot and we walk in and this food plot's down at the bottom of a valley. So there's a road going this way up the mountain, and then there's a valley with a creek going up the other side, like a V. So him and I kept going past the food plot and we started going into the, you know, the thicker woods, kind of off trail, but it was, you know, it was cold outside, so it was not super thick, fall on the water a little bit. And we got to a real swampy area and it was nuts. And it's the first time I'd ever experienced this. But whenever him and I got to this swampy area, from one side, we heard a, a I think we heard a knock or a whistle, yeah, and then from we, the other side, we heard like a knock and a whistle, and then we were hearing like like mumbles, not like you could hear It wasn't obvious like you would have heard vowels or anything, but it was just barely audible mumbles. And I'm looking at Mike, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe he really knows what he's actually talking about. I can't believe he brought me right to him. <laughs> I was just as shocked as you. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, that was, it, it was great, man, the very first day. And we go out there and he takes, you know, he, we walk right in this valley. And, we, and I have the video. It's the very first video I ever took. Brand new GoPro. And, uh, you know, now I've got those good programs i'm gonna i'd like to throw it in a uh only problem with it there's a lot of wind so i had to figure out how to take the wind out but we may actually be able to we may actually have something good in there at least the knocks or the whistles but i was you know that was pretty cool and then one of the other times we've had vocals what sounded like vocals but one time and we're in the same spot. It was maybe the third time we went out there. Mike had gotten there before me that afternoon, and he set up uh, his tent. Mike, tell you tell that part where you were alone, waiting on me.
2: What, which one? We've been out there so many times. What, what was
0: this? The, uh, the rocks, rock clacking.
2: Oh yeah, actually, that happened. Uh, that happened the next morning. You were a, I think we were at, that's that was during our first trip. In that no, right?
0: not not that one. So I forgot that one. So on our first trip, Mike actually heard uh, rock clacks. Uh, maybe our third trip out there. Whenever you got out there by yourself and you set up in that uh, food plot, you set all your stuff up and you were basically laying there. Oh yes, plate.
2: yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd just uh, sit up my tent, was kind of laying there waiting for you to, to show up. And uh, I don't know, maybe what is probably five, five o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. But uh, up on the hill there, up on the mountain, uh, from the mountainside. I mean, what sounded like to me, like two rocks hitting together, mm. maybe, uh, maybe two or three times.
0: So this is where I learned and probably Mike learned too, an extremely important lesson because that happened. And then I get there and he tells me what's happening, but it's getting dark. It's not dark yet, but it's getting dark. And uh, so we start getting firewood together. So I'm not there maybe 10, 15 minutes and up off the ridge line is the first whoop. I know it was the first one I had ever heard.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I
0: know for Mike it was, loud. It was Yeah. Yeah. And it was so learned a couple things. One, it was it was super obvious. So I'm gonna I'm gonna imitate it. It was whoop, super loud, super obvious, sounded like a massive gorilla or whatever. And I look at Mike and I said, an owl and he looks at me like you idiot that's not an owl what do you think you know (laughs) and we're out there looking for these things but you know in my head i still didn't want to you know i didn't want to i didn't want to jump to conclusions but when you're out there looking man and you're looking for a sasquatch and you hear a sasquatch (laughs) you may you may (laughs) want to just take it for what it is but
2: and johnny uh, i'll tell you i'm i'm really i'm a skeptic you know i i'm kind of a Skeptical believer, I, it takes a lot for me to really say something as a Sasquatch, you know. Uh, yeah. But
0: well, uh, if it wasn't one, then there was yeah, yeah. Some it was dude, it was your
2: classic, yeah. but it was
0: close too. It was within. It had to be within two hundred yards. Yeah, I, I mean, it was suspect. your classic
2: whoop sounding, you know. It, it was kind of cool.
0: But you know, we've had. Well, we'll. Well, we're already on it, so we'll we'll keep on going with the, our stories, and then we'll get back to your your main story. But me and Mike went. There's a place called Blood Mountain, and Mike has been there eighteen hundred times, probably literally, and just for fun, he would run up the mountain and run back down when he was younger. Anyway, it's the is it the second highest mountain in georgia it is so it's the second highest mountain in georgia and him and i we're making a hike up there and it is the weather is terrible it's it's foggy and rainy and we get up to the top and for it was actually perfect timing the clouds and fog all move out for like 15 or 20 minutes and we get and i've got the pictures posted up we get the most awesome sunset ever for literally like maybe 10 15 minutes and then it all goes back to being terrible again so we set up and uh, i've got a two-man tent at that time he had a one-man tent and we're side by side like this and i am on the side closest to the cliff it's just a straight drop right there it's not I don't know. It's probably only like a 20 foot drop, but then it keeps yeah. going on down the mountain. So we set up our tents and get everything ready. Well, I've got a new flashlight I want to try out. So I go off by myself. Mike's listening to podcast in his tent and I go off. I'm probably going for 20, 25 minutes, just taking video and trying my light out and looking for tracks and all that good stuff you know, way off, I'm, I don't know, probably 50, 60, 70 yards away from him, nowhere close to him anyway, so I get done, and I'm walking back, and I almost get, I'm 20 feet away from the tents, and Mike says, is that you, Johnny? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Mike, tell him what happened.
2: Well, dear. First of all, you got to realize Blood Mountain has the name Blood Mountain for a reason. One of the largest uh, uh, Native American battles happened there between the Cherokee and the Creek. Uh, uh, huge battle. The Creek there is called Slaughter Creek. It's, it was a big battle. But anyway, during this time, I didn't know Johnny had, had left. And I I was talking to him. I mean, it was like... I could hear his sleeping bag and everything being moved around. I could hear his pack, somebody getting in his pack. And and his tent's closed up, so it's no animals. And there was no little animals running around up there anyway. But his door was shut on his tent. But I could actually hear. I mean, it was like he was still, you know, he was right beside me that whole time. I could feel the movement. And uh, come to find out, he was nowhere near near his
0: tent. (laughs) So he tells he's telling me this. And I'm like, what? I said, Mike, if there's somebody in my tent, I'm running. So I walk over there and there's nothing in my tent. And we talk about it and whatever, man, that's crazy. Real weird. The weather's already spooky, nasty. Yeah. So no, we're we're on the top. We're literally sleeping on the top of where a bunch of Native Americans died horribly. <laughs> so we're <laughs> In this, like, the only little patch of grass there, too. So, it's real, just real, just kind of a bad feeling. It's beautiful, you know, when the sun's out. But when the sun goes down, not so much. So, he gets done telling me this. And uh, we're like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's listening to podcasts. <laughs> I'm on the internet. We're done. to go to sleep. Well, I'm on the downhill side. And I sleep on my side. So I'm downhill, so I start sliding in my tent. So I take my pack, and I lay it up against the tent, and then I take my boots and lay it towards the end of the tent. So I'm in kind of on my side in like a mock fetal position. I've got my knees up against my boots. Or no. Let me think. Yeah, it was my knees and feet. My knees were up against my pack and my feet were up against my boots. And I'm laying there and I'm just about to fall asleep. And I feel something push the tent and push my pack into my knees. And for a split second, I'm like, no, I'm dreaming. And then right after that, something pushes my boots into my feet. And well, at this point (laughs) I'm fully awake and i pop up and I said, Mike, this place is effing haunted. <laughs> he, uh. says, he said what happened and i told him this stupid camera i told him what happened and uh you know that was it man but it was freaky we're not talking about like a tap this was a it shoved my knees and then it shoved my boots you know mm. so i mean there's a ledge there well, can you somebody who's 15 feet tall, could have climbed up and reached <laughs> up and shoved them. you know, if they really want to get shot in the face, they could have tried. But, uh... You know, you can, know write,
2: you can write a book on the on the legends and, and weird stuff that has happened around the Blood Mountain area. I mean, it's, it's, it's chocked full of tales that go back to the Cherokee days.
1: Ah, man, that's just crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a neat area, but it's definitely spooky. And I'm not one that gets into any of that, any kind of spooky, any kind of ghost or spirits. I just don't do it. I've never really been all that interested. And, you know, I don't know what happened that night. I don't know what shoved. I don't know what was in my tent, but wasn't really in my tent that, that uh, Mike heard, but, you know.
2: But, you know, even when you were gone and I was, I was still talking to you, you know, cause I thought <laughs> you were still, but, uh, you know, I had that, uh, it was, you know, have you ever had that, kind of that primal fear where it just kind of rises in you, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: during that whole time I was having that kind of feeling going, wow, something is, you know, I was feeling really weird, which is weird. But, well, uh, I've got
0: that on video and you said that, you know, right when you were telling me the story, cause I made him tell a story again so I could record it, you know, while it was fresh. And he's, that's what exactly what he said. He said it was like a primal fear. You know, which doesn't make any sense because he thought it was me, you know. So something was was going on, you know.
2: And I'm used to, you know, I spend a lot of, gosh, I spent years of my life alone by myself in tents in a mountain. You know, I don't get scared easy. So,
0: Didn't you have another, have something happen when you were by yourself, if I remember correctly?
2: Gosh, I Uh, don't know.
0: A tense situation where you were. Slapped. Yeah, that was in.
2: Uh, well, you know, I don't know. That was in actually uh, Yosemite National Park. Don't. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, I, I'm not. I'm going to play that. That possibly could have been a bear, but uh, I do know something big during the night slapped slapped the side of my tent and actually hit my head you know it was that strong uh, but uh you know it could have been a bear but uh you know there's a lot of stories that come out of yosemite too about other things so
0: yeah i don't know what it is about being like if i'm out in the middle of the woods And sitting around a fire just out in the middle of the woods is cool as soon as you get me inside of that tent and i can't see you know i don't i don't like it (laughs) you know i like to be able to see (laughs) and know what's coming now you know
2: i think we've talked about this uh johnny too is you know over the years i've been back in the middle of nowhere and i have seen i think i've told you this expensive tents that have been completely deserted like somebody had left them yeah during the night and i've I've never figured that out I've, i've seen maybe in the past 20 years i've seen five really expensive tents way back in the out you know in the wilderness uh where somebody had left everything pretty much and just grabbed their pack and uh and I've gone back to some of these places, you know, a couple of days later, and they're still open. They're wet on the inside where the door is open, you know, where we've had rain. So nobody's been back. So somebody has gotten scared enough to leave. You
0: know, Didn't that happen to tempo. one of your buddies where we go? I think you were telling me that last time we went out there.
2: Yeah. Uh, he got scared and left. uh I don't really know this guy real well, but I remember him telling me the story that, yeah, he got up and left. Hmm. I heard, uh, yeah, yeah, Matt. Yeah, he actually, I know who you're talking about now at the upper Chattahoochee. Yeah. He used to go camping out there. Yeah. Uh, he was up there one night with his dogs and he was the only one there. And during the middle of the night, and he... We, he has, he don't, he don't, I don't even know if he knows what Sasquatch is, and we don't never talk about it, but one, I seen him uh, one day, I said, I thought you were up at the Upper Chattahoochee camping out. He said, no way, man. He says, during the night, uh, middle of the night, there was some kind of god-awful noise coming from the woods, and my dog was scared to death. He said, we we got up, packed up, and came home in the middle of the night, and this is actually a very... uh, this is where we go in it, Johnny, where we go. To oh yeah.
0: Lift. I mean it's right around the corner from where we were at last time. I don't know if y'all remember, uh it was literally the last time me and Mike went out, like maybe I don't know, a little over a month ago. We were out in that big huge food plot up on yeah. top of the mountain. Well yep. just you drop off the back side of that and go down the road a little bit and that's exactly where that guy where this has happened. That whole area out there is filled with If you'll
2: if you'll go to your BFRO page, most of those sightings are in that area.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a hot spot. So Mm -hmm. we're we're almost at an hour, Mike, and I really want this is uh, and I had never heard anything like this before until you brought it up and I looked into it and there's something called that mountain climbers call the third man and mike was actually in a newspaper because of an event that he that something that he went through mike will you tell everybody about the story and be as you know we're almost out of hour but i don't really care just be yeah. uh be as detailed as you can i think it's a really cool really cool All story right. man
2: yeah this and believe it or not I, when this happened i knew nothing about this thing called the third man. But uh, in 2021, I was on an expedition to climb the highest mountain in the Western Hemisphere on the Chilean Argentine border. It's 23,000 feet. Uh, and we'd been climbing, me and my climbing partner, uh, Jim Bohannon, had been climbing, we'd been on the mountain two weeks already and we were at almost uh 19,500 feet at our high camp and we were going to try and go for the summit that night from there well during that evening uh my climbing partner jim got altitude sickness and pretty much was out of it so we had decided that i would solo the rest of the mountain uh So I started my climb probably at uh, 12 o'clock at night and uh, uh, probably around finally at one or two o'clock that afternoon, I finally reached the summit. So this had been my third attempt on that mount. So I was happy. But as I looked over... uh, to the east, I could see a huge storm coming in. And uh, I knew I only had uh, maybe an hour or so before this thing was gonna move in on me. So I started down climbing and I got down to, I got down to 22,000 feet when this thing hit. And in mountain in climbing, we call it a killer storm. It uh, just high winds, blizzard conditions, white out conditions, sub zero weather. <clears throat> and it just hit me and I remember stopping and I remember saying to myself, Well, this is this is where it happens. This is, you know.
0: So you, you don't have any gear or anything on you except for climbing gear, yeah. right?
2: yeah all i've got is climbing gear uh Hmm. i've got my expedition suit on uh i had already run out of uh uh, water uh that i'd had and i think i'd had some snacks i took up with me that i'd already eaten because i had planned on being back at high camp well anyway so nighttime hits I'm still down climbing, trying to get back to high camp, and my headlamp goes out, and not, I somehow I get off course, uh, I get off the climbing route, and I'm on a part of the mountain, I'm, I have no idea where I'm at, and I'm at 22,000 feet. And I don't know if you're not familiar with that altitude. A lot of things. Happen. If you at that altitude, you're literally dying. Uh, every minute you're up there, you're dying. Mm-hmm. Everything is shutting down slowly. So my body is shutting down. I'm becoming weak. I become snow blind in one eye.
0: Uh, Explain because, that, uh, Mike.
2: Uh. uh this isn't a traditional snow blindness when the glare off the snow, but this is from when I'd the the storm, I had somehow knocked my goggles off during the in the dark and couldn't find them. But just the blowing ice and the freezing weather had uh, kind of uh, blinded me in, in one eye. But uh, well, in the course of that time, I, I become severely frostbitten, my feet become frostbitten uh the altitude starts taking its toll and I can no longer stand. So I'm basically crawling at this at this point. So come maybe twelve hours later, I'm still, you know, crawling on my suits completely ripped to shreds. And I I finally stop on this ledge and I'm going, you know, I at that point i think that okay this is where you're going to die and it's it sounds terrible but i actually started positioning myself on that ledge where okay if they find me i'm going to at least be found in a dignified position so i kind of position myself in the way that i want to go out and then i just kind of stare out you know thinking about life and and all that and I'm in the last stages of hypothermia so I black out I come to and I'm kind of surprised but I'm my feet are completely frostbit and uh, I'm pretty much blind and too weak to to uh, stand up so I'm crawling and I finally just collapse again I said you know this is it I can't go any further and then I look up, and I see, I mean, it's like a, a real person. I mean, is standing maybe 20 feet from me just looking at me. I can't really make out any facial features or, or anything like that, but it is a person standing there, and he doesn't say anything. And I remember reaching out to him saying, I, I, need, I need your help. But he, he never said anything. He just stood there looking at me. And uh, and as I reached for him, I'd crawl toward him, and he would move back. Wouldn't say anything. And for several hours, I did that. I crawled toward this guy. And every time I crawled toward him, he would move back. Wow. And, man, at this point, I was screaming at this at him. I was cussing him, you know, what is wrong with you? Why are you, you know, I'm yeah. a, at that point I thought he was a fellow climber, you know, why are you doing this? But never said a word. Uh, so wow. finally, uh, <laughs> he just stands there, looks at me. And as I'm staring at him, I finally, I black out again. And when I come to my partner, Is there? Has my head has me in his arm, you know, in his arms, trying to force water and everything down my throat? And some other climbers are with him. And I remember the first words I heard was, "Oh my God, he's alive!" And they had searched that area before, but I wasn't there. But this entity or whatever you want to call it had led me to where I was right in the direct path of that climbing route again.
0: So. uh, didn't you, when you told me this story, didn't you say that the guys that rescued you, the only reason why they saw you is because you were crawling?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I was in, uh, the, where I was before, they would have never found me. That's why bodies are left up on the mountain. They, you know, they would have never found me. And uh, I, luckily, following, I would like to think it was a guardian angel, and now you know some people may call it the third man but uh
0: now it had explain led... explain that aspect from the the climber's perspective why they call it that
2: well there's a history i have found out doing studies a lot of explorers that and it goes back hundreds of years during life and death situations this this spirit or whatever you want to call it shows up and brings them comfort and helps lead the way to a rescue so for whatever reason i'm not really sure why but it has become known as the third man uh but and to come to find just kind of give you how bad this storm was there were two other t- i was the only solo climber there was two other teams on the mountain uh i was the only survivor oh. uh, the other, uh, the other climbers, uh, perished on the mountain in that storm.
0: Do you remember how many there were?
2: I think there was four, I believe.
1: That's,
2: uh, and, man, that's uh, they, horrible. and my partner was, you know, he was at high camp and they had actually told him, uh, cause he was wanting to get up there to try to rescue me at that altitude. Uh, but they told him, they said, uh, no they literally said no one can survive that storm so they finally got me down to high camp and a helicopter was sent in and and pulled me off the mountain and uh i got uh sent into i was taken then i was put into the back of a truck driven about a hundred miles across the frontier uh, to uh, to a hospital and there the doctor I'll never forget he spoke broken English but I do remember these exact words he takes his hand and makes a sawing motion and says you wear shoes no more
0: oh and, uh,
2: and uh, my feet and at that point I said no way I made my way back to the US and it took you know with frostbite it I was on it took Eight weeks before they really knew if things were going to, you know, it took it took a while before they knew if they was going to have to, uh, you know, do something drastic because of frostbite so bad.
0: That's pretty amazing. Not only that you survived, but just that you survived unscathed, you know, that you didn't lose your feet or your eyeball or anything like that, man. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it, it was something that uh, I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, whatever that was <laughs> was as real as, as you standing in front of me. But I, it never said anything, and I, I don't even remember it really taking a step back. It was almost like it just kind of floated back as I would get try to get toward you know move toward it. Wow, man. And, uh, but that's basically it you know a lot of it you know that's basically the condensed version you know a lot of it's personal why do you know again that a lot of it you, i don't tell a lot of people it's just kind of hard to talk about but uh, in the condensed version that's kind of that's that's kind of what happened
0: that's crazy yeah yes. well mike i'm i for one i'm glad you made it bud. Yeah. Me
2: too, we, we would
0: have never met <laughs> Yeah man <laughs> uh, Well Mike I really appreciate you coming on and I don't know if uh, you know he's been Mike Taylor's been a part of it from the get go you know he's not, Mike's. Mike's an outdoor guy, he doesn't do yeah. computers the only time he talks to me is like usually a day before we're about to go out somewhere other than that it's smoke signals and carrier pigeons and that's all he does <laughs> <laughs> but i uh, am very glad that you came on and uh yeah. we really appreciate it angie started the night with us but her computer yeah. was not working so but we'll let we've got some information from angie on some pretty cool stuff but we are going to let angie tell that information whenever she comes yeah, but, well,
2: yeah. guys I, I appreciate you let me get on here with you guys and share the stories with you i'm going to I'm going to head off to the gym. And uh, <laughs>
0: what for? For like the third? Is this uh af, after mm-hmm. dinner gym or before breakfast gym?
1: <laughs>
2: this is after dinner gym.
0: Oh, okay. no. good to go. <laughs> no, but okay. guys, I
2: really appreciate it, and then I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, thank man. you, Mike. Well, I'll see you soon, bud.
2: Alrighty, guys. Bye. Thank
1: All you, right. Mike. Bye. So, wow, man, that was. Uh, that was incredible. I mean, I knew he was, a, uh, you know, a, 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 an adventure racer and a climber. But, you know, when you hear that personal story about, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't think he was going to make it off the mountain.
0: No, man. And, he was. He showed me the newspaper article.
1: Yeah. And it and was then,
0: basically like, idiot American gets stuck in blah, blah, yeah, blah, you know, because it was yeah. such a... They didn't think he was going to make it at all. Like, it was a miracle.
1: But to have you know, a have a figure pop up in front of him, and then like he crawls to it, right, cussing at it, like you know, pick pick my ass right. up, get me down, you know, and then just kind of takes him right to a search party, and man,
0: that's yeah. just uh, yeah. He said when he told me the first time, he he literally said that it, they told him that. If he would not actually been in the motion of crawling, because like you said, they had already been through there. Yeah. That if he actually wasn't crawling, they never would have saw him, and they would have missed him completely, and he'd still be on that mountain right now. Because like you said, they don't go get them. When they're up that high, they leave the bodies.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it's rough, but. Ah, man. You know.
1: That's incredible, Johnny, man. You know, so, I mean, I. Yeah, obviously, I, got, I still got more time here with you, and, and I did. I did kind of uh, want to know if you had time to kind of recap a little bit about some of your uh, your playing with the thermal, or do you want to save that?
0: Um, it's not much, really. I mean, the thermal's cool. I got it. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I got it right behind me. I got the. Let's see which way do I go with it. There we go. Yeah. It is a Pulsar Helion XQ50. Yeah, and it is pretty cool. And I had a, I did a live last night. You know, just a basic live. But I got a uh, a little Samsung some version of the iPad or whatever you call them. I don't know what they are. Kids yeah, tablet. Tablet. Ta- tablet. That's it. Yeah. A tablet. So apparently Pulsar does not like uh iphones very much a buddy of mine in fact i'm gonna give a shout out to levi he is the uh unspoken part of the encounter brigade and that's why i actually <clears throat> went with the pulsar is because he's got a really good one he's got the step up above which is the xp50 Yep. and uh he was telling me all about it and i looked at it and blah 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 so that's the reason why i got it but it i got the tablet and it hooks great to it like instantly it connects so you can watch instead of keeping it up to your eye the whole time yeah, you can point it wherever up. you want and just watch on the tablet and it's great man i love it
1: yeah so. yeah you know for for hunting like you know the ones that we have that are rifle mounted it's great for kids because it kind of gives them an eye- let them see what we're looking at, you know, when we're thermal hog hunting, mm-hmm. whatnot, you know. So, Sheila, Sheila had a question. Sheila Claxton, is, you know, said, Enjoy the program. How often are you on? Um, and I guess, you know, be honest with you, Sheila, we, you know, uh, most of our shows have always been on a Mondays. We, you know, we, we, we're not so professional that we have a rigid schedule, you know, we, we yeah. have, uh, we have uh, real jobs, you know, um, uh, you know, uh you know, obviously Johnny works in the aviation industry. Uh Angie works in the uh, uh law enforcement industry, right? Kinda? And, yeah, she's uh,
0: a parole officer. I don't know exactly how that I don't know how that works really. But yeah, she's a parole officer. So she works in law enforcement. I don't think she likes to be called law enforcement just yeah. because she doesn't want to I don't know misrepresent herself so i'm assuming there's some kind of separation there but that's what she does she's,
1: i don't know what do you what do you what, what would you call it like penile enforcer i mean <laughs> I really don't know Pearl officer. yeah 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 um, so I, I know
0: she's extremely good at doing uh reporting
1: yeah. yeah and yeah. detailed
0: reports and she's got some it's very hard to keep my mouth shut because she's got some really cool information but
1: i'm going to yeah. keep my mouth shut yeah i, I, I,
0: I wish on here but
1: yeah, I, I wish we were more structured. I mean, like, say, hey, join us on, you know, such, you know. Well, s- we you know. will
0: be able to accomplish that here pretty soon yeah. because yeah. a lot of the holdup is because these guys, they've got normal schedules, and I've got a vampire schedule. I usually don't yeah. get home till twelve thirty one a.m., and then we do it on, try to do it on Mondays because I'm off Sunday, Monday. Yeah. So, but my a- schedule's a- about a- to a- go to a.m., a- a-
1: yeah so, hey hey uh, central florida bigfoot thanks for tuning in thanks for saying good show yeah man matt uh,
0: larson thanks buddy
1: yeah thanks for yeah. coming
0: by he's the uh that's matt Larton. matt larson with the lumix yeah
1: so yeah yeah, yeah yeah i was actually supposed to be in central florida today and uh, uh but i bailed out on our, our gator uh gator hunt uh for the show uh, made it into uh, made it home last night on a flight, and uh, you know get get a week to uh, rest up before we head out to Wyoming for a hunt. Um, uh, you know our show guys are down there; they're doing photo- photos, professional photos, and up around the Sebring International Raceway, they're hunting uh, gators. I'll have to share. I'll share with you, Johnny, a, 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 a gator that uh, one of the. Uh, um, one of the folks shot I mean this thing looks prehistorically huge. Uh really. Uh yeah, so you know, it's cool for a lady that shot it, you know, with laid down and of course they had the gator next to it and she was like this big and the gator's like that like that big, you know. Um it just just humongous, you know. Um but uh, I was kinda you know, I was kinda looking forward to maybe making that trip, you know, and just saying asking those folks, you know, like, hey, what do, you know, what have they seen? You know, right. because you know, they're out in the swamps, they're out on airboats, um, all the time, and you know, and they and they have access to, to a lot of acreage out there in the middle of the middle of that middle of those you know those swamps there. Well, and man, I,
0: if they find if they know some good areas, I know Matt and I know uh there's a lot of people that you know I've met through Matt from Florida, and they're always looking for areas and they do really good jobs, man. They both
1: yeah, you know, I, I'll work
0: together. Sometimes they do their own thing, but yeah, man, i
1: I'll ask the I'll ask the crew because they're down there tomorrow still doing uh, some some photos and stuff like that for catalogs and stuff like that and I'll ask them to hit up the guides you know that the outfitter business there um, you know about it and and, I, and I'm sure you know I'll, I'll be down back down that way again at, at another point with uh, with our crew you know I, I just had to get home and, and get things ready for this, the Wyoming trip just because you had
0: a busy week. Week, yeah I was, yeah I was yeah.
1: Stuff and, yeah you, you know, know um, running,
0: running a golf championship isn't exactly a you know yeah. a, a game of pickup sticks so
1: yeah yeah yeah. hey I, you know it, it it's it's a it's a great event i'm glad that that you know that's you know that's over and now we're moving in the fall and obviously the, the hunt hunting stuff's coming up and uh um uh you know hunting season you know so you know that's that's just one of those subjects. I was talking to a gentleman up in uh, Illinois about you know about that. You know, uh, he'd asked me a question about you know uh, you know if I thought like a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch type of animal would be territorial. You know, and uh, um, I kind of use as an example. You know, I mean, there's a WMA area that that, that you that you that you visit. Uh, you know, throughout the year, and you know you might want to say that uh, you know what. Um, if you want to hide out you got to you know you got go to go areas where you know there's not a lot of human traffic right you know and uh WMAs in the summer are pretty much untouched right then then you know what uh, hunting season yeah, and- i
0: never in this <clears throat> where i go i've never yeah. seen one person i've never seen i will see footprints like once every three months or something like one other set of footprints that goes a quarter away down the road and that is it nobody goes in there and it's really not you know summertime camping unless you're right on the water it's not really all that fun you know so yeah
1: yeah you know and there's nothing uh, to
0: really hunt i mean there is coyote stuff like that but yeah around here there isn't
1: you know so archery season's opened up you know here in georgia and you know you, you're starting to get folks getting back into the woods um uh you know so it's starting to get busy you know what do you, do you migrate or do do they migrate uh, i i i think they understand you know like you know deer deer somehow know that all of a sudden hey man here comes them two-leggers you know, and they they go into hiding good. You know that if you're if you're a deer hunter or you know or a big game hunter, you know that you see them all summer long, and then <laughs> the second you step in the woods and uh, start acting like a predator, phew, gone. Well, we had a
0: uh, <clears throat> a mother and a uh, little baby that were probably forty feet away from my wife. Parks, there's a in the woods there's this little dip a little impression Mm -hmm. and we would come home or be leaving and her whatever you call them yearling or whatever not even a yearling newborn yeah would be hanging out in that one little spot yeah you know and it would like i mean we'd wave at it but they would stay right there because we didn't you know we didn't mess with them i don't know if that had anything to do with the sasquatch or not how trusting they were because that one, the fawn and the mother, you know, were yeah. the same way. So yeah. I don't know, man. I know it, uh, it's all speculation when it comes to the, the, uh, you know, changing of habitats and going for this. When you think about Georgia, the area I'm in, they would really, really, really have to migrate for several hundred of miles to get a, uh, any kind of change in temperature that would make, that would even make it worth it. I mean, they would have to pretty much the whole state's the same during the summer, you know, I mean, it's hotter. It's, it's a little cooler up North, but do they, I don't know that they go out of their way to to do all that. So I don't know. I've had, I personally have stuff happen year round and there are months where nothing happens at all, Yeah. but then they're, I've had activity every type of, every time of the year, so I haven't been able to put together any kind of migration pattern or anything yet. So okay. working on it. Um,
1: that's good. Well, shoot, man, um, it's kind of cool to see some of your uh, thermal footage. Uh, I'm glad that we'll probably be seeing a lot, you know, a lot more of it here in the future. And uh, you, know. you
0: know, I caught something the other night. Yeah, it was very it was very strange, but. I took it down and it's because you simply cannot tell what it is. So in order, if I'm trying to prove the existence of Sasquatch, that's not going to do it, you know? So the thermal is good enough to where I should be capable of getting, you know, well, everybody's going to question everything and they should, but it should be pretty obvious whenever I catch something like that on thermal So putting up something that you really can't tell, I mean, it was big and it hung around when I was talking and shining lights and everything. I don't know, man, but you can't tell you can't, you never can really get a good idea of even what the shape there's a, there's a point to where it looks like it's behind a tree and then there's an elbow up, Yeah, but it's just not you know, you're looking through the trees too, so you don't know if there's something Yeah. There could be one limb or tree or something that'll throw the whole thermal image off and make it look completely different. Yeah. So I made the decision after going through a whole day of trying to upload those videos and then watching them over and over again that it's just not it's not good enough. I want better. So that'll come.
1: Uh, so I was helping sight in a thermal here, um, uh, just the other night, uh, up there in Illinois, um, and I, and I learned a lesson. Um, I was getting frustrated because normally when I shoot and I shoot for groups, you know, with my, my rifles and, and daytime optics, you know, I'm, I'm shooting tight groups. I mean, we're talking dimes, right? Um, now, with thermal, it's a little bit different, right? Because it's a pixelated image that you're looking through, right? And yeah. so, no matter how good I was, I mean, how, how good I was breaking, you know, the trigger and all that, you know, I mean, I, I was just not shooting dimes, you know, and I finally had to get to that point where, like, okay, you know what, I, I'm shooting as good as this thing can display an image, you know, because it's a pixelated image, right? You know, it's, right. it's a... Yeah. um. And so, the, you know, I got to thinking about, well, you know, you know, your videos or other people, thermal type videos, perhaps, yeah, you, you know, you're not going to get that perfect view. Like well, you, the,
0: you, the, just like what you're saying, if it uh-huh. would have been, and I posted that, if it would have been the TK Scout, the old one mm-hmm. that I had, the cheaper one yeah i would have caught the same stuff on there i would have had to been happy with it because that's as good as that will do but when i'm using a unit that you can actually see the the texture of the bark on the trees like within you know 40 or 50 yards then you know i have to expect better and other people need to be able to expect better because that thing is capable of getting a better image now like i said with the tk oh, yeah. scout that's all you're going to get is watercolor paintings is what they look like pretty oh, much yeah. but oh, yeah. when you get up to this level they can do a lot better and i oh, don't yeah. know what it was you know i don't know so yeah i took it down and we'll just we got to set like i said if we're if the goal is to get proof then the standard has got to be higher You know, the same reason why when I took the video behind me with the cell phone at 165 yards. Now I see what it is. You see what it is. Yep. But you know me. You know I'm not trying to BS you. I'm not trying to get you with a fake picture or something. So we know that. I know what that (laughs) was. Yeah. But nobody else, unless, you know, unless they know me or trust me, is going to believe that. I mean, it does look like a gorilla. But that's why I stepped up and I contacted Matt Larson and all to other people and got a good 4K camera. So if yep. it happens again, yep, it, you won't have to question it, you know. And I don't, I want to avoid yep. all that. So
1: yep. Well, you never, know, well, remember where I told, I told you about the full moon, man. You seem to start getting stuff around the full moon, <laughs> you know. So. Uh, and, and look how the moon was, you know, so yeah, it just it, it just seems like, man, uh, Um, as long as I've known you, it just seems like, OK, man, around that full moon time, he's getting stuff.
0: Well, you know, what's funny is one of the guys that uh-huh. I used to talk to a lot and actually knows a lot and has seen these things a lot, mm-hmm. uh, he swore up and down that you'd never have anything happen on a full moon. Yeah, and I'm like, and I've also been told by people they don't like guns, they don't like flashlights, they don't like electronics. Yeah, that's that's not right either. They'll yeah, they I think they know. I don't know they they know how to maybe they can read intent just through body language or whatever. But I tell you, they're not they're not scared of you just because you have a gun or a flashlight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you kind of have
0: to be careful what you or what you take for.
1: Or, or in your case, three full-grown German shepherds. You know, they're not afraid. I mean, that's that's what's still. I mean, you know, your house and and things that happen around you are still mind-boggling. Just because, I mean, you got three big German shepherds. You know, and that I mean, though everyone, you know, th- those are you know natural guard dogs. You know. Um, and they
0: are and, whether it's a sasquatch or a unauthorized cricket, they're going to let you know, you know. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. You know, I mean, I have a, a you know a twelve year old rescued chihuahua, and you know, I mean, man, I could open dog food and he doesn't notice.
0: <laughs> he sleeps through it
1: all. I mean, man, he's like, yeah, you know, but well, uh, man, my
0: my older male shepherd, he's like yeah. that too, man. He's 10 years old, and me and my wife joke all the time, somebody's going to bust in the house and have to step over him yep. to get to our bedroom, you know. So 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 uh
1: Sherry just asked a question about you know, when it comes to the flashlights and electronics, you know, are are they curious? I I don't have that experience, Sherry. You know what? uh Yeah, you know, Johnny has him coming up to up to his house it, so yeah.
0: it would it would be speculation if i yeah. said anything about that all i know is what happened and it was from i guess the episode two where i talked about the night of uh getting growled at when i was out there running around trying to find them mm-hmm. you know i ran around in the same small area for whatever it was 10-15 minutes with a gun yeah. a flashlight and a thermal and a parabolic. And, uh, Stomping around, making noise, loud. Yeah, it's a hundred. Right. It's fifty yards from my house, but it still circled back around on me and growled at me. You know, it was within forty feet, so it was not intimidated at all by any of the electronics I had or anything that I was doing that night. And yeah. uh,
1: hey, and I'm I glad you, I'm glad you went ahead. back. I'm glad you went back and played around with Adobe and and kind of isolated that noise, because when you wear headphones on that that sound isolation that you did. Ooh, it's, it's definitely a different tone, you know? Oh, so.
0: it's so obvious. And all I did, I didn't even do it at home. I did the, uh, <laughs> I did it along This little, little jankity sound app on my phone. It was a free app. And all I did was turn up the, uh, I turned one thing up and then I turned the, Turn down the gate?
1: Oh, okay. I would say you t- you turn down the, yeah,
0: the... The tempo. I turned the tempo down. That's all I did. So everything is... It just goes like this. So whenever you hear the growl, it makes it extremely obvious. It goes... Bruh-ruh. So that was huh. a good... You know, that was a good thing. And I find, like Joe said, I got Adobe and uh, all the programs available. So hopefully... I should have one coming. I'm trying to isolate the sound on what happened yesterday when I went out, and I'll get into that when I get all the the video. But I did have something happen yesterday in the management area. So,
1: oh man, can't can't anyway, wait to man, hear.
0: It. Yeah, we need to we need to cut it short. I'm gonna oh, okay. wind up in trouble.
1: Yeah, I hear you.
0: I'm sure you want to get some rest too. It's been a long week for
1: you. Oh yeah, yeah, actually about dinner time here. So, well, you know, th- yeah. thanks thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks thanks Mike Taylor and Yeah, Mike Inter- Taylor was in- great, man. International Playboy as whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh that was uh wow, man, I just climbing Mount Everest and and all that stuff and you know, that's Well, he's
0: 65 it. and he just got done a couple of weeks ago doing a Parasite uh, or uh what is it? Paris, Paras- is it Paris?
1: Yeah, off, off mountains, off, you know, like yeah, off mountains in Utah, yeah, and you jump off with a paracel, so
0: that's what he just got through doing. sixty five. He runs circles <laughs> yeah. around me. You know, yeah, he's go- yeah,
1: he's going to the gym, and I'm going downstairs to eat dinner. Yeah, yeah
0: goes- <laughs> <laughs> not me. I'm going to the gym.
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> he- yeah. Hey, folks. I mean, you, you know, um, obviously, thanks for. Folks that do tune in or we, you know, watch uh, what information we have to put out. You know, again, we are by far professionals. You know, um, uh, at this. But then again, you know, that's that's a whole other topic. I want to save about, you know, is it really professional Sasquatchers? But you know, we we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that hate topic later on. You know, I mean, I think everyone is a a researcher at heart. I know Johnny, you are you know well uh, the
0: only reason why i even use the word researcher is because i go looking for sasquatch in my spare time takes too long to say so
1: you gotta yeah it's a good you gotta, way to break you
0: gotta say something i guess
1: yeah that's uh you know that's that's the that's the marine language right there you know i eat crayons yeah you know we need that we
0: need <laughs> an acronym
1: yeah i i um but I'm no yeah you know, you know th- thanks folks for you know that you know that do you know watch the youtube videos the, the our facebook page and you know um thank you for those who made comments tonight and
0: yeah thank everybody for you know anybody who watches it and we're not yeah you know we're not making any money or doing anything like that we just i just thoroughly enjoy the topic and yeah. uh, i like sharing and that's it
1: you yep. so, know good Alrighty. To go. okay we're All right,
0: gonna John, go ahead and
1: alrighty thanks man and uh thanks angie for being on earlier yeah sorry
0: (laughs) didn't work out angie thanks mike taylor levi everybody who helps out talk to y'all later
1: all right bye-bye if
0: suddenly there was a threat to this
1: world from some other species, from another planet. And I was spotting down the fire lane for several years when all of a sudden
2: I saw a large,